Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before and he's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Coming to you live on tape from the lucky 13th floor of a commercial high-rise in beautiful Beverly Hills adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of the world famous Hollywood sign. This is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me once again today, the host of the All Out Show on Sirius XM Shade 45 and an acclaimed author. His latest memoir, Hummingbird, is available now. Hello again and welcome, Jude Angelini. What's up, man? You have been going around talking to a lot of people about your new book, Hummingbird, yeah. which I read cover to cover in one night, not um, not just because you're my friend, because I could not put it down. Awesome, dude. And uh, I'm curious, how do people that you don't know who only really know you through this book, like interviewers, receive you, see you? Because I know, sort of, well, I feel like I know the totality of the man, and then I read your books and I go, maybe I don't totally no Jude but this is a sort of a narrow snapshot into who you are and not a particularly flattering one not at all it's a, it's 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 like a nine-month bender uh the the it was written real time nine-month bender and then right I was, and then I was writing about just growing up I kind of wanted I wanted cast to see like the flyover state experience mm-hmm which is similar to everybody else's experience. I think I th- it's relatable, but different enough to make it interesting. Right. Well, everybody has the same core issues that play out in in very different ways. Yeah. You know, like your experiences, for example, being like um, a white kid in a predominantly poor black neighborhood. There's 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 specific ways that's going to play out that many people might not be able to relate to. But the whole feeling of I don't necessarily fit in here, or people are telling me I don't fit in here, yeah. and I wish somebody would give me the playbook. To just get along here, right? Everybody has felt that way at some point or another. Told, yeah that that was that that was it. And look, man, this this was this book was written on man, you know, where everybody everybody wants to be like the American dream is to be a victim right now. You know what I mean? Like, oh, who's more oppressed, me or you? Okay, I'm fucking. I'm a club. I'm a club foot lesbian Mexican. Right. Uh, I'm fuck, like everyone's got to fuck. Every, it's yeah, like, yeah, you know, I was thinking about that. The problem with our culture right now is that. And I believe I've, I've figured this out is that every group of people believes right now is their turn. Yeah, yeah. I haven't thought about it like that, but yeah, they're like, oh yeah, yeah. We've waited long enough. Yeah, it was it was funny, man. Like once once gay people got uh, the the right to vote, I, I was do, like, I do blame the gays. I was like, damn, all right, that was that was dope, man. Like, yeah. and then I was like, well, I wonder what the fuck because I used to listen to a cat on. On Sirius, he would be piped in. He would be piped into my studio. Michelangelo Signorelli. Yeah, and I don't want to throw him under the bus. It was like, but every day was about gays getting the right to vote. He was yeah. he was on the gay channel, right? And I was like, all right, man. Like once once they got there, I was like, what's what's next? Like mm-hmm. what what are they going to complain about next? And lo didn't, and behold, we're fucking long. we're we're complaining about point. We, we we're coming. We're arguing over where point three percent of the fucking population is going to take a fucking leak. Right. Well, and make no mistake, the reason why we're talking about that is because it is divisive because that's yeah. all anybody is doing and by everybody i mean primarily our president is is divide and conquer because um the, the majority vast majority of americans are totally settled on gay people so it's not fun it doesn't accomplish anything to argue about gay people anymore so we move on to the transsexuals and we can divide and conquer there 
Yeah, I think I think it's news stories, dude. I think it's all about fucking. I think cats just want to sell some fucking cars. You know, like what's gonna rate? Mm-hmm. What rates? You know, like. Yeah, I know, and that's that. That's been one of the most man. It's hard to list the number of disappointing things that have happened um, in in the last year or whatever. But to see every news organization just they've clearly figured out what 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 sells, and they can't not do it because they are fundamentally businesses. And you would really think that it would be like it would make business sense for one of the three or four cable news networks to be like, we're just going to be in the center and we're going to be calm and rational. But you know what? No, it's not. No one's watching that shit. It's right. It's like it's like if you're starting a website, do you want to be the 10,000th website that talks about Kim Kardashian's cellulite ass or do you want to talk about something that's truly really interesting that no one's talking about? Well, if you want to make money, you should be the 10,000th website that's talking about Kim Kardashian's fat ass. Yeah. Sad but true. So what I'm what I what I wanted to know is okay, let's take you spoke to Jenny McCarthy about your book. Yeah. Do, do you have a relationship with her at all? Yeah, I'm cool with Jenny McCarthy. Okay, so you know her. She's a homie. Yeah. Have you talked to anybody who you didn't know beforehand who actually had taken some time to to go through the book? The um You'd be surprised how how poorly people pre- prepare. Mm-hmm. So like, you, as someone who I, does this for a living now, I, I don't pre- I don't read books. You know, even when someone gives me the book, I'm like, give me the fucking pointers. Like, this, the book's a tough one. The book is. Yo, if you I, give me if you give me like the screener to your movie or something, I can watch the first ten up. fifteen and 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 you know you don't want me talking about the third act anyway. Yeah, you give me a book like that's a lot. A lot of times I get it the day before too. Right. So look, man, what you know what people do? Well, they grab one story and we'll we'll stick to that one pretty tough there was a couple look man it's and look going back it was a it was about me losing a lot of those stories were like i'm taking a loss you know like i'm getting my ass whooped i'm trying i'm losing but like it was and it goes back to all that victim shit like it's like yo it's not cool to be a fucking victim like it sucks we all we all have been victimized but like you got to get up quit Quit relating to that and relating to fucking hardening the fuck up and trying to win, dude. That's all I'm saying. Like, just nice Ellis reference. I got that. Fucking harden <laughs> the fuck up. Yeah, try to go get it, bro. Like that's that's. Yeah, I think we lost that somewhere around, along the way. As uh, as you know, it, I don't. I I see it all the. I see it on my feed. I see it everywhere. I'm I'm feel, I feel bombarded by it. And it's like, yo, dude, like, quit focusing on why you losing, and go focus on the the task at hand, and go get that shit. Yeah, yeah, because I still, and this may be incredibly naive at this point in time, I still truly believe that not everybody, but anybody who really goes for it, can still get it. Shit's hard, but it ain't impossible, you no, know. And, no. and, just, and my my hand has been harder than others, and easier than others. Like everyone's got their own fucking yeah. everyone. Everyone's doing the best they can with what they have. I didn't realize. Maybe I sh- maybe I sh- just forgot this from your first book, but just what like a hard scrabble youth you really had. Like I kind of assumed that you and I had kind of similar growings ups. My, there were my my. There was craziness in the house. It was just an extremely violent house. You know, like it was fucking. It was fucked up. You know, and uh, and because of that, that led to you know. You know the broken home. Now you split the income. Now we're now everyone's poor. You know what I mean? Like, so you got violence and being broke, and then infidelity, like drug abuse. That shit adds up. And you got lemons and sugar packets 
fucking yeah, it's, yeah, and then and then you're surrounded by, and that's the thing. Like my story isn't fucking the one of a kind. Like no, my story not. was my story was the same story as my neighbors, right? And the dude down the street, like my story was that that was our story to different degrees. You know, some some cats. I just got off the phone. My one of my best friends just called me. His his old man was you know. I never met his old man. He was in he he was in jail for murder down in in Dallas. You know, uh, I know, uh, and he's third generation, fourth generation dope comes from family of fourth generation dope dealers. But like I'm I'm talking that's a family business. And the crazy shit, yeah, it's fucking nuts. And the crazy shit is I'm right. talking to him, and you know, he straightened himself out. We're the same age, and he is working. He's a cook at a, he's a cook at a restaurant. And his his kids going his son's going to fucking Miami of Ohio, and he was able to put together a nuclear family with him and his girl, and they've been together since forever. And I haven't seen them cats, but I was like, it's like, yo, man, he did it. You know what I mean? Like this is an ex dope dealer made a family, ex dope mm-hmm. dealer with dad in prison, and him him and his girl somehow fucking mushed together a family and and sending kids through school. Like it's fucking awesome to see. Yeah. No, I've said this a million times, and I again, again, I know this is totally hopelessly uh, ill-informed and naive. But when people say about oh, getting out of my neighborhood, getting out of my neighborhood, it's like there's buses leaving your neighborhood fucking three times an hour. We got mental blocks. Yeah, right. It's like this crazy mental block. Like it's there's no one holding holding us. Hold, no one's holding me there, but me. You yeah, know what I mean? Like right. it's these crazy fucking mental blocks. So. um Something that I notice, I've noticed about you in your life and also in reading your book, Hummingbird, is that, like, the the way that you find, particularly, like, women, like, okay, so this was a nine-month period of time. How dramatized is it? Because it seems to me, like, here's here's all that happens, is you do K and it doesn't work and you don't have fun. As far as I can tell, you do K every single day and yep. you never have fun doing K. Every single, it's just, it's just, you, you, you create the problem with drugs and then you solve the problem with more drugs and then you yeah. recreate the drop, the problem the next day. And along the way, you bang out some radio shows and you hit up chicks online who are all like, yeah, totally come fuck me. And they're all completely out of their mind too. That, yeah, that's, that was, that's what happened. That's pretty that. much what that was going was, on. That was that nine month period, man. Uh-huh. It was fucking nuts. So what is it about, it's weird for me to, to, to say this to your face, but like as like a damaged person, what is it? Because I noticed this, that you guys can find each other. Like I'm pretty sure if I go on Tinder and I'm just like, yo, I'll tear that shit up right now. Who's that? Nobody, like not one person gets back to me because they can tell I'm not I'm not shining like the, 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 bat, the Batman crazy signal in the air. I don't think it's just that we find each other. I think it's also that the fucking people that are, healthy avoid the fuck out of us you know what i mean it's like it's it's the double it's it's yeah you're being found by crazy finds crazy but also like regulars like whoa this dude there's been a there was a couple times where it's like you know i had the first date with a chick and they're like you're cool but i don't ever want to see you again you know what i mean yeah Uh, i don't know I definitely went home with the, all, every one of the crazy women who was willing to take me home. But you knew they were crazy, you know what I mean, right? You, you, I, oh, yeah, I was also so drunk I didn't care. Yeah, so it's... I, I mean, it, I got plenty of my friends the next day being like, so, how did that turn out for you, yeah. you big dummy? You fucking moron. <laughs> Look, so, are, did you just go straight to the clinic from her house, or are you just going to wait and see <laughs> if you develop symptoms first? Oh, uh, the fucking clinic. Yeah, look, I don't... Ugh. That was a tough time in the on the show too, man. They were breaking up the show. I just re-signed that fucking I just re-signed the contract and then they were like, Hey, by the way, we're changing everything. 
And fuck it, I, I, I felt totally blindsided. And they said they communicated with me, but, you know, like, that's, you said, I guess I didn't hear them. You know what I mean? That's all I can say. I guess I didn't hear them the way they thought I heard them. So I was I was just dealing. Yeah. So it's almost like the, a divorce. Like, you're you're dealing with a divorce of the show. Like, yeah. we were together for 12 years. Right, 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 right. So, like, now and, I'm and restructuring. And, and you basically, like, to further the metaphor, you have kids together or something because it's not like one of you's riding off into the sunset. No, and the, the, there's the fucking insecurity of will this show be good right. with, without the team that we had? Mm-hmm. Am I able to do this? So there was all this pressure that I that I was feeling, and it was just like, and it was extremely toxic every single day. So I would just fucking come home and just zone the fuck out do K and look man like doesn't it make it, it doesn't make, I, can't, I can't even do that like it's, it wouldn't be an option for me to just I wouldn't do K a every day but, and a wife man no 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 but even if I didn't like when they're when they're out of town for the most part I still don't I still don't drink because I can't do my job K that's the thing it was like I was pragmatic okay, so about yeah, I, I it K, I gotta get into K is what you're saying well K was the 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 hangover was the that one was doable yeah. like that was a doable hangover that's how I started doing it and then next thing you know like it went from a couple bumps to a fucking, you know, a gram a day, and <clears throat> that's way, it's way, way more than like for drug users. Like a gram of K is way heavier than a gram of coke. You know. Okay, take your word for that. Uh, I guess the big takeaway anecdote that everybody latched onto from your first book was uh, you essentially eating an unborn baby. Which, what, yeah, that was... Which is totally taken out of context, for yeah. the record. And the thing is, is, like, I didn't even, you know... That story was so old, it didn't even, like... I, yeah. You, 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 ever, you ever live with something so long, you're like, oh, that old thing? Right. You know what I mean? Like that, But it's new to everybody Yeah, else. it's new to everybody else. I just threw it in there. This one is less... This, this one is less shock and awe, and, like, it's just talking about the grind of life, dude. Right. Like, yeah. it's just about that grind of life. And... The, well, I thought the 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 comp this time around, um, you were involved with a lady named Crystal. Which one was Crystal? <laughs> I changed names. So oh, oh, yeah, of course you did. Of course okay. you did. Uh, she had a blind mom. Oh fuck yeah! Mm. That was that was the one for them. That was that that was the oh. Did you like the fucking? Did you like the eating eating out the chick while she had the miscarriage? Hyena. This one was. Um, and this is look, bro, like. A lot of this shit is a response to this fucking bullshit white privilege thing that people throw around. Okay, let's talk about that. Well, it's the bourgeois that that the bourgeois who mm-hmm. who's in colleges, who's who's can afford to live on the coast, mm-hmm. is talking about white privilege without really understanding. Like, there's a whole gamut of different types of white people. So I was just like, here's a fucking white person. You tell me if she has white privilege. Right. She's born broke as fuck. In in a shit in a rust belt fucking community, mm-hmm. her mom's blind, mm-hmm. her sister's fucking retarded, and the dad left her. Where's her fucking privilege? Where's her privilege? Do you do you really have the nerve to think that the person that's, that's screaming white privilege? Do you th- do you really have the nerve to think that you and her had the same fucking experience because you you got the same color of skin? Like fuck off! And yo, dude, like I'm sure. Like if you take a fuck a, a middle class black person from a from a nuclear family, I guarantee you that that person is gonna have a way easier time with life than fucking that girl did. Man, she was taking care of a fu- like she was taking care of fucking everything. I was in her house, man. It was fucking disgusting, dude. 
It was a, it was a sad. It was sad. It was bleak, and she was just trying the best she could just to fucking maintain, dude. Yeah. Well, I, I think more and more. So the, the the controversy du jour is the NFL players kneeling, right? And I guess that I'm trying to make sense of that. And you know, maybe it'll come up on the Jason Ellis show. And I kind of want to have thought about it a half a second. I hope it doesn't come up, and we avoided it initially. But if it, if if it went, it inevitably. I've does. been avoiding it too. Yeah, man. I want to have something sort of reasonable, sensible to say. And I guess where I find myself coming down on it, I'm a pussy, man. I always just find the middle ground in these things. I'm well aware of that. But maybe sometimes that's the right way of looking at I things. Think, I think trying to be in the middle is kind of a fucking a good well, way but, to be. But, well, but the problem with, with my approach to things, which is like I didn't choose it. I just kind of turned out this way, is like if somebody's right, like dead right, and somebody's dead wrong, I'm still a little inclined to be like, well, but maybe the other person still, I mean, maybe a little bit of a point, you know, like it makes it hard sometimes to just make the call like right, wrong. But here's what I think about the the players kneeling. I think, I don't know what people are supposed to think about it. I totally understand both sides of it, but maybe the people who are super offended by the kneelers should like have a cup of chamomile tea, take a couple deep breaths, read some stuff, from those people's perspective and just understand that these are not sons of bitches or blah, 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 monsters, whatever. And the kneelers should do the exact same thing with the guys who are like, I have a military family and this is the most disrespectful thing. You guys will never even begin to understand the sacrifices that we've made for you so you can go out and make millions of dollars running running around on a field. Like just just take a second and understand it. I don't even care where we come down on this. Just the way that we talk about things is not. We don't talk about things. We both shout in two different directions, and it's yeah. actually becoming visibly destructive to our nation at this point. And that's the reason why I bring that up is is the white privilege thing. I agree with everything you said, but I also think it is really possible to understate white privilege. And I always use myself as an example of this where I am aware of certain things in my family that just demonstrably black and white. My dad got ahead professionally because he was a straight white man living in a certain kind of world a long time ago. And my life, although I did not necessarily get things handed to me because I'm white, you the position, certain, the position yes. that I was born in is, is white privilege. And I, and I have to be, I cannot deny that. But that's your experience, right? 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 So I guess I guess my point is, is, is there's a third class of people. There's white people who who do grow up with all the advantages in the world, and statistically, more white people grow up with advantages than black people. The, right? Right yeah. here? Right here? Right now? There's white people who are totally getting fucked over presently. Hard to see a whole lot of white privilege going on there. But then there's also people in the middle who I think are like me, who go, "Well, what did what did I get? I didn't. I had to get into the college that I got into. And it's like, well, yeah, but you were kind of born on second base and thought you hit a double. Yeah, you but know? and that, and that's kind of my thing. It was like I I think we're echoing this. Like, yo, dude, the people that are yelling white privilege probably did have that white privilege, right? Um, right. I'm, which, I'm, which brings you to white I'm not guilt. denying white privilege, right. but I'm saying you can't throw it on fucking. You can't throw. You can't throw that on everybody, and then and no, then agreed, agreed, agreed. And the other, then the well, the, I just think, unfortunately, Twitter. We you you can you can talk about almost nothing in blanket statements, and all Twitter is is blanket statements. That's the problem. There's no nuance to these debates, and, no. and then the other, the, then on the flip side, is there's, and frankly, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt you. If Twitter all of a sudden said you could use five thousand characters, there would still be no nuance to it because Twitter no. Twitter didn't cause the problem. Twitter was just the perfect platform for the problem, which is that people don't want to and cannot have nuanced conversations about anything yeah um yeah i mean you're fucking right uh 
when you but then when you look at it through this lens there's a there through the white privilege lens there's then you see the the bourgeois i hate to keep saying that but like these the the upper the middle class and upper middle class mm-hmm. uh people people not just caucasians but people have a disdain for fucking poor white people because they you have white privilege why are you fucking poor what is your fucking problem and it's and it's easy to look at race because then we don't have to look at class. We don't got a fucking. Right. We don't really have. It's easy for someone to on NPR to point and say they're racist, they're racist, they're racist instead of pointing at their finger at themselves and saying I'm rich and I hooked up my rich friends with a fucking rich job and we're all passing fucking jobs to one another and that's what the fuck happens out here, man. Like I I see it all the fucking time. Like I I get to, I get to see it firsthand. And there's look, man, nepotism and relationships is yeah. is how jobs are passed around and yeah. how opportunities happen. You so just like, get yourself get yourself in the room. And, and and by the way, there's no fucking secret handshake. No, it's you just, just fucking hang out with each other. You have beers, and then when yeah, it's time when it's time for a job, well, am I going to hire my buddy or we're going to hire some stranger? And that yeah, and that's that. Like yeah. that's how it goes, and, and it happens on every level. Uh, but it's 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 been very frustrating for me to watch. Mm-hmm the last couple years because there is no nuance to this debate. These things aren't really brought up. And when they are brought up, they're usually ignored. Um, well, there's so much noise. There's so much information going on that things that people can't easily glom onto. They just, it's like fucking, you know, it's exactly like Twitter is like uh, Lucy and Ethel and the, with the chocolate. Yeah, line. Yeah. You can only grab so many chocolates. So people just, people just ignore yeah, they two look thirds, like, two thirds of the chocolates. They whatever, say, whatever supports my belief, I will grab that. That's what they, and that's what. And look, yeah. and like, yo, like that book is not beating someone over the head with these things. No, hell no. These are just like mm-hmm. I'm just showing you a yeah. fucking different side of life. Right. Let me give you two quick things on that. One bit to the whole coastal elite thing is we're talking about we're talking about New York, San Francisco, and in Los Angeles primarily. I guess the nor- the Northwest as well. These are all, in this day and age, transplant cities. So I do think there's something to the fact that, okay, I'll I'll use myself as an example. I am a a person from suburban New Jersey, and I managed to, I'm not going to say managed to, I I could live there. I, I, I love my hometown. I love where I'm from. But people who are in my hometown who seem to think that the world is stacked against them, well, I don't know. I see. I don't know what it's like for poor black people in a ghetto, but I do know what it's like, or a pretty good idea. I haven't lived there for a number of years now, and and, and some of the disdain that the white, college-educated, you know, uh, coastal elite feel for white people who are from the center, does come from a slightly informed place because many of them started off there and chose to leave. They start off middle class. Well, that's true. That's already it's and that is the classism yes. that I'm talking about. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, like it's there is a big difference. You know what I mean? And look, man, like I'm not excusing anything or excusing anybody. I'm just I'm <clears throat> all I'm saying is like, hey, man, there's more than one way to look at this shit. Yeah, yeah. Look, bro. Hey, man, like this. Mm-hmm. The real the, the here's the facts, man. The the playbook is out there. Yeah. It's forever. There's a blueprint to this. This idea of being able to move up and down in class is a bit of a is statistically doesn't happen as much as as we like to think it does no, it sure with does. the American dream and shit. Yep, yep. But that being said, like, look, man, uh, not having kids out of wedlock, not having kids early, mm-hmm. um, getting an education, having a fucking job, you know, like 
these are ways to succeed in life. It's like these. Yeah, it's no, it's, it's, it's no secret. Right? Fi- getting a trade that pays well. These right. are ways that, to succeed in life. And like me, myself, I didn't like I d- almost did everything opposite. Early arrests, uh, teen pregnancy, fucking up in school, poor education. I just happened to get lucky and do that Jenny Jones shit. And once oh, I yeah, got, let me be clear. I'm a product of luck as well. Yeah. Like once I got on Jenny Jones, like I fucking. Yeah, then you're on the track. And in every in everything that was a negative for me, all of my ass whoopings was fun. Finally, I was like, "Oh, here's my like." I didn't see see it as here's my chance, but like that that was my golden ticket. And yo, I busted ass. I worked. I sacrificed. I put mm-hmm. my I put my fucking ass on the line. Yeah, and I went and got it. That's the other thing, bro. Like I was in that book, man. It's just like we want everything for nothing. Every, like across the board, people want everything for nothing. We, they, well, I, I deserve a, I deserve to be happy. Mm-hmm. Do you? I deserve this. Do right. you? Well, it takes, Where's, it takes luck. You've had luck. I've had luck. But as they say, luck is the residue of hard work. Well, that and it's like, look, man, it takes sacrifice. Yeah. I, I left you, you and look, man. I left my hometown. I like my hometown. I like where I'm from. I'd rather be in Michigan. Mm-hmm. I left Michigan. I left my family. I left my daughter. I left, my, I left girls. I've sacrificed fucking. All of these meaningful things in my life to achieve something over here in my career, and then like this, I'm filling I'm filling that emptiness with drugs over there. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of a one plus two equals three. Like it's not that it's not that deep, but people don't always see it that way. Do you, are you familiar with the comedian Theo Vaughn? Nah. Okay, you should look into him because I think you and he have uh, similar experiences. Of the when you're trying to sell the experience to Hollywood of poor white people, it's not it's not sexy and it makes people uncomfortable. Frankly, they don't like it at all. Right? No, I think you guys have he's he's probably pitched TV shows that aren't all that different from TV projects you've been involved with. We had Roseanne Barr. We had Roseanne. <laughs> fucking Roseanne was thirty years ago or twenty years ago, so that was cool. Yeah, Roseanne got weird at the end. She, uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't you know. It was pretty strange, like season six when she was still this like like white trash underemployed mom, but she had all this plastic surgery. That, was, <laughs> that show that show got weird in a hurry. Hey, we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna um, rejoin with you, Jude Angelini, the author of Hummingbird, available now everywhere, uh, along with Kevin Kraft of the Jason Ellis Show. So keep it here. It is the Tully Show on Faction Talk. We are back on the Tully Show here on Faction Talk. I'm joined in studio still by Jude Angelini, author of Hummingbird, and our old friend Kevin Kraft of the Jason Ellis Show. What up, guys? Supper. So, um, Jude, something that caught me in in your book, because I have a little bit of personal experience with it, was where you were talking about seeing a couple walking down the street, and the guy was letting the girl walk outside of him on the sidewalk. Like a bitch. I did say that. Like, yeah. yeah. Kevin, how do you... I, I remember reading that, too, and I had to be like, oh, do I do that? Right. Okay, perfect. And that's exactly why I brought you in here. I'm, I think I've got the right guy for the job. Now, my sister in high school dated a Puerto Rican dude, and he was like... When, when they were walking around... It was distracting to her for a while until she got it because everywhere they turned, he would be like repositioning. Himself. It's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> right. Until she was like, what the fuck are you doing? And Kevin, you tell me why you think that's a big deal. And then I'll tell you what I've heard. And Jude can tell me if yeah. if either of us are right. Well, here's how I stand on that. Yeah. Um, 
I think the proper etiquette in America is you just stay to the right. So whichever direction you're walking, people aren't fucking colliding into each other. And I always position myself between my girlfriend and the road unless we see a weird homeless guy coming. And then you And then I switch with her. Yeah. That's so I always try legit. to put myself, even though it's not much of a buffer at all. No, it's between, just it's, it's it's the thought that counts, man. It's a symbolic it's, buffer. It's like throwing a cape down on a puddle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? She's wearing <laughs> shoes. Her feet weren't gonna get all that wet anyway. So when, But she didn't pick she doesn't pick up on it like she'll like I'll, cause I'll just like put my hands on her shoulders and do a switcheroo and she's like, What's up? I'm like, Ah, I don't like the way that guy looks up there. Oh yeah. No, no, getting getting yourself between your girlfriend and sketchy homeless guys is one thing, but have you always walked on the outside with yourself closest to the curb? Yeah. And why? Um, until it hit me, I think it was just I don't know, instinct maybe? But then it was just like, Oh yeah, that kinda makes sense. If anybody like hops the curb I could just shove her. That's pretty So good. you 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 said I do I do that, but you clearly do do it. You do that. it, you do it. So, yeah, which and is I, crazy. I never really like the homeless guy thing that that clicked. Yeah. Right. But right. reading when I read that in your book, I was like, Oh shit. And then I was like, Okay, yeah, checks out. I do See, that. See, here's what I thought is oh right, that thing. Yeah, I don't do that. That's stupid. <laughs> that would make sense for you to think that. <laughs> so what I heard was that I don't know where I got this, but it's it goes back to uh, prostitutes, where the yeah. It, there's two different there's two different theories. It's like what you walk your girl out on the side, she's like a, a hoe, and you're pimping her out. That's not what I heard. What right, I heard was that when it it was going all the way back to like times when there was sewage in the streets. Basically, if you whoever was on the outside was prone to having a horse drawn carriage throw shit on them. That's what and I heard ba- too, but I didn't know that had to do with prostitutes. So that's what I heard is that a a a gentleman would want to get the shit on himself, not on the, a lady. Yes. But a pimp would not care if if a prostitute got shit on her. He looked pretty sweet, and he intended to keep it that way. So that was a way of signaling to the world disrespect for this woman. Huh. That's that. Yeah. That's that. That that makes sense. I heard something similar to that. That's why. That's. I heard something like, yeah, it was about the mud, but I didn't know. I didn't take it all the way to pimps. I could see that going if you're a John too. I mean, if you're paying for this woman's time, she might as well be your sneeze guard for horse shit. <laughs> it's fucking a good fucking point. Well said. I don't know how many people take walks with Unless prostitutes. Unless you were like a Captain Sabaho, <laughs> you're like, oh, I can get you out of this place. You're better than this. Look, let's have a huge meal together. Let's go walk it off, fuck. and then and then let's fuck. Well, you have to walk from the corner where you. Purchase yeah, her. That's true. To where you go and fuck her. Yeah, you walking on the outside trying to save her. Like, don't you want to go to nursing school or something? You're better than this. <laughs> so now, like my my chick understand like just gets everything better than I do. Do you think she has secretly like she's probably dated guys in the past who did this and is just kind of realized that there were only so many things about me she could pick a bone. I don't think. You know? Look, look, man. Like, like my, am I my bad little sister. I'm still. I now having had this conversation, I'm still not going to do it. My little sister doesn't. <laughs> it's too late now. You're already fucking. Look, my little sister. She, she had my yeah, kid. Yeah. My my sister's like in the happiest relationship ever, and they don't do that shit. You know what I mean? Like they don't do that. He doesn't open up the fucking door for. Um, doors. The, I do. I like big yeah, door guy. That, yeah, I like. There's certain shit. I I mean. One might argue, okay, you do the door. Why don't you do walk on the fucking outside? You know, like you're already subscribing to a bit of it, so why not like be just take it one step further? 
Right, because I well because I think everybody's heard of the door thing. You and, just weren't familiar with the fucking walking on the outside. And now I was thinking that this is it's like a like a hood thing. Look, man. Uh, look, but I mean, here's I like Kevin, Je- as we all know, is from South Central. Yes, yeah, <laughs> South Central Jersey. I'm very hard. Garden State. I'm from Wawa Country. The, uh, I, th- I th- especially now in this in this day and age where you're seeing, you know, gender roles get blurred and people becoming a bit more fellas becoming a bit more feminine a lot of ways especially over right yeah there's a big gap men men becoming more feminine women remaining very feminine yeah there's a big (laughs) gap like you got the rah-rah fucking weightlifter arch eyebrows tough guys but then out here you got like yo dude their beards look pretty too I've I've hit on a couple of dudes or a couple girls in front of the dude just because I thought they were gay you know what I mean I was like oh no you're not gay you're just extremely effeminate and i'm not used to that because i'm from a different generation like i feel like los angeles is also its own beast it is but i um but new york is the same way ba- basically all the cities i've been that been living in and i've uh, hit on women with engagement rings i'm just <laughs> oblivious you're fucking the shit for that bro I, I don't i'm not aware that i'm doing it i just go over and I'm like hey so, and she's like you are a fucking moron while she holds her hand up I Look, th- looking I, for rings never never made it to my brain when I was single. I don't ever look for rings. Right. I don't. I don't even think about just because I've never had a ring on. So like it's yeah, kind of one of those not, out yeah. of right, 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 out of mind things. Women wear a lot of rings too. Let's let's be clear about that. That there are lots of times women wear. I'm supposed to know what it looks like and what finger it's on. You're giving me far too much credit. Yeah. Plus, I don't know what hand you're supposed to put the no. engagement ring on. Same here. Like even if I'm left checking hand. left and right, I you have to do the L trick with my thumb and pointer sometimes. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude! You can't tell <laughs> left from right on a motherfucker. Sometimes I can. All right. Every now and then I need a refresher. Look, man, back to the walking on the outside. Like, it's these little things. It's these little signals that you can give women where it's like, yeah, man, I got this. Like, just, hey, I got this. Like, a chick mm-hmm. needs to feel like, I've generally speaking, you know, at the end of the day, like, if someone's going to break into the house, that you are going to fucking be the one that's hopping out of bed to go fucking handle the shit. Well, that's not necessarily true, but I am pretty good at doing both of our taxes. Well, that's Which is my good. way of oh, communicating to her that you know, like you, that you, this is this is a you're, I know, you're, you're look, taking care of here. You got you're you got a special case where your girl does all the fucking all the different types of martial arts and shit, like with fucking does the what is that shit the, oh, the uh, Thai Muay Thai Muay Thai Muay Thai and shit. So yeah, maybe your girl will be able to handle somebody better. But like, I think chicks like to feel like they're with a man. Yeah, so of, course, part, of course. Part of feeling like with, they're with a man is like feeling a bit secure. Like, yeah. my girlfriend knows that I I can't really physically protect her for much but she also knows that I'm willing to be cannon fodder right. so she While can she, make her escape. Yeah, or she can yeah. hop in and get your back or some shit. Yeah, like I that. think I think my wife feels the same. You know what's a funny thing that I didn't notice for years and years is we used to um we were constantly switching which side of the bed was whose and it it was when we moved a lot. We moved like five times in the first five years we were together and it was only later on that I realized I always put myself so I was nearer to the door. Closer to the door in case some shit jumps off. And much like Kevin and walking to alternate sides of his girlfriend, I was completely unaware that I was doing it. It was just like on some animal level it made sense for me to sleep there every time. So yeah, same thing. Like do you think about it? What would you especially I have a child in the house. Like I've thought about it, but I'm no closer to actually having an answer. I'm not gonna have a gun in my house. So what like what do you do? 
I mean, Jude's had a home intruder. Yeah, well, I just went caveman. I didn't even think. Yeah, well, there's, there's that too. Is having a plan is, is is cute, but it's likely to go out the window. Yeah, like when 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 I woke up with that man in my room, like I just went straight caveman. Like there was I, I, there was no fucking what do I do next? And some and usually that's your best fucking plan of action for me because I start thinking things over. I'm mulling shit out. Maybe I can do this. Like. It turns into, like, I'm trying to talk this guy out of my fucking house. Fuck that, dude. Like, get him out of the crib. The quickest way to do that is to beat his face into things and make him not want to be in the fucking house. Yeah. Good plan. I can't be like, bro, it's not worth it, man. Put that down, man. <laughs> you don't need to smoke another rock, man. Get out of my house, please. You know what I mean? Like, fuck that. Fuck that. I mean, I'm a I'm a legal gun owner, and I also have blades all around my apartment. <laughs> and I'm also an illegal place. gun owner. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's all above board. I got the paperwork and everything. Uh-huh. But yeah, like no matter where I am in my house, there's always a blade within within reaching distance. I mean, but that's the thing. Like I had a knife next to my bed too, and I didn't even think to grab the fucking knife. I just rushed the guy. That was that was it. When I when I first moved to Los Angeles, it was my first time living on my own. And my my old apartment, there like homeless people used to get in and I would, you know, leave for work in the morning. There would be a guy right outside my door like trying to bum change or cigarettes off me or something. So like I was a little sketched out and I heard a noise one time in the middle of the night and it sounded like somebody came in and I I grabbed my gun and hid the corner waiting to see if my bedroom door opened. Oh my god. Yeah. Did it? No. All right. <laughs> yeah, I had a feel I had a feeling I would have heard this the story laptop was if it, gone yeah, yeah. ended the next day, murdering yeah. somebody in his bedroom. Yeah, if I had ended the life of an intruder, <laughs> I I'd be telling that story nonstop. Yeah. That there's there's a bunch of those little fucking those little, um, and like I'm not that deep. Like you, I got I got certain cats that like came that were like the either like to think of themselves as tough guys, got out of prison, were military or like relate to mob movies. They won't sit with their back to the door. Like oh I, god, yeah. To me, oh. it's not that deep, dude. No, no, like no, 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 we're no. like it's it's not that deep. Like I don't need to be like oh I got your back. I'm gonna fucking make sure. Like that was a lot of Italian people, Italian Americans, where I'm from, and yeah, I, it's I, always, a, I just kind of knew if like a, a Italian guy of a certain age was sitting at a table, <laughs> he's gonna put his back to the wall, or else you're disrespecting him because of course everybody needs to whack you know Frankie Mangiani. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I gotta know where all the exits are. That's right. yeah, I, and I don't do it for, as a response as, as a blatant response. To my family I'm like come on dog Like we're not In the fucking mob and, yeah, We're like, not that special My dad Like we drove A fucking Chevette That is not a mob <laughs> car Dude like Fucking rusted out Bottom dude You're not in the Fucking mob No one's coming To get you Except for a bill Collector and they'll call So you have a gun And, and knives in your home Kevin Jude you have a, a knife I don't have A goddamn thing uh, I, Which is scary Because every now And again LA's a funny city Because it's a city But it's not But it is But it's not And just when you think You live in the suburbs You'll hear that Three blocks over Somebody got murdered Execution style In their front yard like, I Yeah have, that shit I happened have... In Burbank with me I thought someone Was slamming the door Real loud yeah. I was like damn well, they would Quit slamming that Fucking door So here's what I'm thinking If you don't have a gun If you're gonna go knife Why would you not just go Like aluminum baseball bat I got an axe Oh there's a... Okay I got a fucking One of them Like Big ass axes I'll split a motherfucker's head I feel like a knife I miss I get, I'm trying to think of things That would be least likely To be turned on me And also things that My child would be Least likely to harm himself with And like a kid gets A baseball bat Like yes maybe He will swing it Hit himself in the head I think it's pretty <laughs> unlikely I never did that But he'll survive You know Like I feel like If I'm not gonna A gun The advantage of a gun Is I can get you from distance But if I have a knife I've already sacrificed that So if it's in the dark And I just come in Fucking swinging Left right Left right I don't care if you put your arms up Or whatever I'm beating you With an aluminum bat 
there's no way that I lose that exchange and then you get my weapon off of me. I don't think. I mean, that, I think about like I'm not. A, I'm kind of a bitch, so like somebody might take oh, this not, axe off me yeah, too. Yeah, like yeah. who the fuck knows? Yeah. But like, <laughs> yeah, I guess at least I look sweet as hell before that shit happens. You know, like <laughs> yeah, bitch, I got a fucking axe, yeah, Jason. When you buy something to defend your home, I guess. I guess maybe I have a defeatist attitude about defending my home from intruders. I'm just thinking about the worst way that it could actually kill me. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a real logical thing to think about, especially if we're not trained with this shit, dog. No. Like, how many times have you seen someone pull something out and then it just backfired? I yeah. remember, I remember, like, remember, I remember, like, back in the day when you could get mace, and like, I knew everybody had mace. Uh, like, everybody was like macing each other just for fucking fun. And some, I, yeah, those were the days. Someone tried, I, yeah, good old days. <laughs> Some dude tried to mace somebody and the wind blew and just fucking fucked him up. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. Like he's got that happened to me when I was a little kid. Yeah, see, same deal. So like you think about that type of shit. And I've I've also thought about that. Like uh go another thing from your book, um, that dude uh Quan. Yeah. When he was like beating your ass and it's like, hmm, I could try and fight back, but if I punch him in the face and that pisses him off even more, he might be even more ruthless. That fucking sucked, man. I, I, I that really that that ass will have been really stuck with me for years, dude. Just because I didn't fight back. I really wish, like, man. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. that's that's also you made a fair point. Like, I could see the same thing. Like, like some guy comes into my house, I start hitting him with a bat, and he's like, "Puh, that didn't hurt, pussy." And then he just rips the bat out of my hand and then beats the fuck out of me with it. When it's like, hmm, maybe if I didn't have a weapon, and he came in here and robbed me, he would have just taken my shit and not beaten my ass. But now that you can't I can't think like that, though, man. Like, sure, you can. I don't know. I'm not saying you should, but you certainly can. I mean, yeah, I mean the I, thought's I, there, but I, I, mean, I clearly plan on right. you know hurting somebody if they break into my house. Well, look, if somebody breaks into your house, is it what's more likely that there's somebody who just needs quick cash? For, yeah, it's usually for, like a dope fiend. Or yeah, a drunk for, for or, whatever. Or is it a is it a homicidal maniac who wants to you know murder your children in front of you? I there's a I wonder. I, I actually. Again, we've become very skilled in America at just talking out of our asses when there's actually lots of information you could find without too much effort. Like, I'm an expert. If you asked the authorities about this, like what percentage of people that might break into your house in Los Angeles, if you just yell from your room, I'm calling the cops right now, grab what you can fast and get out of here in 60 seconds and this will be over, if it doesn't just end there, that they fucking grab your laptop and that's the end of it. Well, I think... The very nature. By the of, way, Kevin, your scenario of where you hit the guy with the bat and he goes, "That didn't hurt," and he rips it out of your hands. Like you read way too many comic books. <laughs> oh, you call that a hit, pussy? <laughs> you hit a guy with a baseball bat. I, I believe you will do some damage. Yeah, I think I think the very nature of those these uh, crimes, like it's, this is an armed robbery. This is something where you sneaking in and you're like, I, I think that's going to attract a certain type of person, like a dope fiend or somebody that doesn't want confrontation. Right. Uh, so no, they want you, dope. Yeah, if you meet them with some confrontation, a lot of times they are not going to be ready for that shit. That's what it was for me. Like that dude was not expecting to fist fight somebody. He yeah. just thought he was going to s- steal some shit. And people who are breaking into houses to get money for drugs are pretty edgy. What do you mean edgy? Like, well, it's a bold move. Yeah, I'm but like they, they, I'm yeah, saying, they're I'm they, they are yeah. on edge. Oh yeah, yeah, they are not having a great day. Oh yeah, they're. Or yeah, or maybe it's awesome and they just need more drugs. Like who the fuck knows? Like man, this is a great this feeling. Is the fucking greatest party I've ever been to in my entire life. We're fucking never gonna stop raging. Hold on, I'm just gonna go <laughs> break into the house. That's what it felt like with keep, this kid. Keep it going, brothers. Keep it going. I'll be back in ten fifteen. The kid I fought, the kid that broke into my shit and I fought him, like he was wearing cologne. I was like, this guy wore cologne for this fucking for this shit. Like that's fucking crazy. Where are you coming from, dog? 
Well, he probably came from like uh, he was an all nighter. Yeah, right, 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 right. All nighter, gelled want, hair, cologne, the whole fucking nine. Just didn't want the party to end. The um, the, here's here's an interesting like uh, faux pas type uh, thing was uh, I, I used to work with. I was like the token white guy at this tape store, and and uh, one of the guys like cassettes or ducked cassettes, cassettes, mm-hmm. bootleg Dooney Burke purses, and like the African print running suits. Uh, and one of the dudes, like you, if you grabbed his newspaper and opened it before him, it was like it was like World War Three. Like that was just he was like you'd never touch another man's newspaper. I'm like all right. That's, you I mean, might smudge it. I, I could see the appeal of like a freshie, because newspapers yeah. do get used. But I didn't know that. Again, this is I didn't know that that was that a, was the same with a me. standing rule. Well, like and I and I I can relate to that where you happen to if someone gets in my car and starts hitting fucking buttons on my shit, it's the same. Like yo, well, who dude, does you, that? You would be surprised. Like I've I've had young cats pr- change my station, and I'm looking at them like, bro, like don't fucking touch my shit, man. Like it's a, it's a faux pas. Yeah. These are faux paws. My car and my rules. Straight up. Ask gas or cash. No one drives for feet, bitch. <laughs> I say that to my kid all the time. <laughs> what, does he, what, does he, what does he do? <laughs> he's, he, doesn't, Grass. He, doesn't, he doesn't have any of them, unfortunately. He just pulls a fistful out of the lawn. Jude, I've seen you do the um, ordering dessert first thing. Yeah. At a restaurant. What's that all about? I copied off the Romans. But, okay, here's the thing. When you did that, we were at like a like a kind of southern barbecue place. And I expected the guy to be like, oh, really? Okay, that's what you want. But he just was like, I don't think he copied the Romans, but he, he rolled with that without question. I don't know. Like, that's, that's... Is that a thing? No, I don't think so, man. It's just my thing. I just... I really like dessert. I like... I like dessert, man. So I want to make sure I have room for dessert. You know, I always got room for Jello or whatever. Like, I just want to make sure I got room for that shit. I, I was... I was I was like reading some shit about like the Romans and they have the fucking orgies and they'd have all the food out at the same time and like and I was like oh, I I think maybe this fucking whole dessert last thing is some puritanical way of looking at shit like this that's your reward for eating through the fucking vegetables but like yeah, I was like I, I want my true. I want my motherfucking I want dessert now and I it usually tastes delicious and I'll only eat half as much as I did because I want to save room for like steak. Uh, here's a couple things I came up with that are uh, supposedly like, you know, you know you're from the hood if if you set the table for a Saturday night dinner on Friday night. A day in advance? Yes. Well, I never did that, but all right, that's what's up. When you have people over for haystacks? I don't even know. What the fuck is a haystack? Right? Uh, it, apparently it's like a, a really bad tostada that doesn't have the tostada. It's like shit on top of that sounds pretty good. shredded up vegetables. There was like certain hood. I remember like spaghetti bake, cause I'm Italian. I'm and, listening, and that shit was like like as an Italian. I remember just I was like, uh, "Fuck is that?" Like they basically take spaghetti with the pasta sauce and all that, and then uh, mix it with some cheese, and then just bake the shit out of it, and like kind of scoop it out like a spaghetti casserole. Oh yeah, like, uh, that was some hood shit. I remember. Right, no, we had that ziti. You throw some ricotta in there. You're doing a real high end <laughs> version. I'm just talking like. Fucking. I don't think so. This is yeah. You pretty much you bake, you bake the pasta in the sauce. Spaghetti, right? But uh, no, well, you're no. you're doing baked ziti. They're doing straight up like spaghetti. 
Yeah. I think people overemphasize the difference between the different pasta shapes. Uh, they all taste exactly the same. They you. are actually identical products. They're I'm just sure you Irish like different, different kinds of potatoes. You know what I mean? Like, there's a little... I don't know that I, I, and frankly, there are different breeds of potato. So there's different kinds of pasta. <laughs> <laughs> Blasphemy. <laughs> what, what else is from the hood shit? Uh, let's see. Um, keeping people's, keeping the original photos in frames when you buy them. That's a weird one. Yo, I here, have, here's I have witnessed that. But that's usually more a function of senility. Where you put the fucking, and that's, they just hang up. Strangers frames. <laughs> yeah. Hood shit I've seen is I've seen framed fucking uh, hairdresser diploma diplomas like <laughs> it's like like the worst diploma ever. Like University of Phoenix diploma. Some more hood shit is on your birthday you pin dollars to yourself and everybody pins a buck to you. So you just end up at the end of the night you just end up having like a gang of money pinned to you. You look on like your that, that 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 guy from the infomercial, Matthew Lesko, <laughs> yeah. question mark guy. Straight up. Yeah, that's that's like that's like some fucking hood shit right there. Like, oh, it's my birthday. You start with one dollar pinned to you and then just let it accumulate. I hung out in uh in Philly a lot and a lot of my friends had like some hood tendencies. And uh we, we used to film a lot of videos and skits and just do like goofy stuff and uh my one buddy, when we were staying at his house, his mom wouldn't let me charge my camcorder there. To like, use the electricity? Yeah. No one was allowed to plug anything in at their house. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Times, times are tough. Shit is hard. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's was like, like before people, cell phones. So like, people just don't even understand electricity. You're like, you know, it's like less than a cent right here worth the fucking charging right. I'm getting all, all over and here. I was going to complain about having to wear generic Chuck Taylors, but <laughs> <laughs> I realize I have no place in this conversation. Like, you know. And, and the the heat will be up to a billion, too. That's the worst part. Like, the heat is up to a fucking a, a thousand degrees at all of my homies' houses. We were, and people always thought we kept it extra cold because we were like you actually just kept to the proper livable human temperature my mom keeps a little fucking cold to you know my mom keeps it cold to save on money too right right oh right, right. oh the other one was like um i used to heat the i freaked out my fucking home girl like i when i was living with my homie in um new york the power went out so i was like oh i'm gonna hook her up and i just turned on the oven and opened up the oven door so it'd be nice and warm for her when she woke up and she fucking freaked out on me i was She's like, you don't heat the house with the oven? I was like, yeah, that's how we used to heat the house. We used to heat the house with the oven. It's hot. It's Yeah. She was like, what if a mouse runs in there and it causes a fire? I was like, I don't oh know, God. dude. Like, is it, Was that something you guys ever did? or <laughs> No. Nope. No. All right. We might have dabbled in kerosene heaters. There it is. Remember those? Yeah. Uh, those were the fucking those... the hunting shits, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, those seemed more dangerous than... Actually, in retrospect, than just opening your oven, oven up and taking the risk that a rodent would go in there and die. <laughs> <laughs> Suicidal rodent. Yeah, yeah, mice, just cannot, mice just cannot say no to tiny little rooms that are 500 degrees. Uh, it sounds like the fear is that the mouse would go in there, catch on fire, and then, yeah, run and then back freak out. out. Yeah. And then just be a fireball starting little <laughs> brush fires around the house. That was like basically Sonic it. The, like a little flaming Sonic the Hedgehog yeah. going through your house. Like a suicidal <laughs> mouse that changed his mind. Like, oh, fuck it, I want to live. Uh. <laughs> Too much to live for. Uh, real quick before we wrap up, Jude, I was kept a running tally of the drugs that you uh, that you detail taking in your new book, Hummingbird. Tell me about two CE. Two CE was mentioned- not to be confused with two CD. 
There's a 2CB and a 2CI, <laughs> so yes, 2CD. Um, that one was like a synth. That one is kind of like acid mixed with ecstasy. Yeah, cool. All right, it's pretty. It's that's, pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I mean, I can get into that. Which that's called uh, candy flipping. When you take acid and ecstasy at the same time. Yeah, so it's similar to candy flipping, and you can see sound and. Like, I would shut my eyes and go off to really crazy places. I was a Mexican lesbian. I was an ice cream cone. <laughs> which, was, which, did you, which did you prefer? Mexican lesbian was fucking awesome, dude. I was, like, working on the farm, and then I was, like, on the farm, and then I decided to go to a Mexican lesbian spot, and I was just kicking it like with other Mexican lesbians. I'd like to meet uh, ice cream cone Jude. Ice cream cone Jude was an adorable Jude. Like it was look, it looked like those Japanese drawings, like the oh, real I, oh, overly yeah. cute ice cream cones. Sure, huge eyelashes. Yep. So I was, I was, I was outside with the fucking. It was wintertime. I was outside, wet, wrapped in a blanket, and I shut my eyes. I started shivering, and I turned into an ice cream cone. I was like, I'm an ice cream cone. Do you oh, recall I what, get some of that? Do you recall what flavor you were? It was pink. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> My favorite flavor. <laughs> Strawberry, I guess. Five Mio Dalt. Five Mio Dalt is a synthetic these, tryptamine. Yeah, it, it's also sound like Star Wars droids. Look, man, I feel like everybody needs to have at least three nerd friends that fucking get weird test drugs from the internet and try them out. And that was that one was like that one is not as good as two CE, but the Hangover isn't as bad. And. I've, I've snorted it. You can snort it. You can eat it. I fucking freebased it. I was talking about freebasing it in hyena. That was that fucking wrecked me. Fenabut. Fenabut is a that is a. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like I'm just making these words up. Fenabut is a book. nootropic, which uh, I think it works on the GABA receptors, and it is good for uh, it's good for sleep and heroin withdrawals, like opiate withdrawals. And uh, I kind of stopped using it because it was making me really depressed. And uh, I'm genuinely interested in trying poppy tea. That is a motherfucker. That was crazy. You, you ever could... smack it up, Kevin? No. Done you, lots of drugs. Never you, done. You want to? There's. Yeah, why not? Fuck it. There's certain websites that like sell bouquets. And oh. You get just extra of the one, the extra of the one ingredient, and then they send you a box of it. Oh, I see. You split, you you split it open. You separate the seeds from the pot from the poppy pods, mm-hmm. and then you grind up the poppy pods, steep them in tea, and it's like just it's fucking it's it's an opiate. It's like drinking Vicodin or some shit. But the the withdrawal on that one was a motherfucker, dude. That was fucking. That was a tough withdrawal. I was like, we we were gambling, and I was like coming down off of it, and like I ruined a friendship for like a year because I cussed out a dude, super tough and shit. Get all aggro. You heard it here first. Coming down off heroin is bad. Whew. Yeah, maybe I don't want that tea. All right. Well, thank you guys, uh, Kevin. You're at Kevin Craft sucks. Yep, on Twitter at just at Kevin Craft on Instagram and uh, Jude. You are uh, rude underscore Jude on Twitter. One more Jude on Instagram, and most importantly, how do people get Hummingbird? You can get it on Amazon at Barnes and Noble or go to your local bookstore and order that shit. Thanks, gents. Thank you.